Today, I'm going to ask you a big favor. These last several weeks have been kind of difficult. I'm trying to recuperate and get ready for my next surgery. And and today was one of those days I woke up. I just don't have it in me to produce a new radio program. And so I'm going to go back in the archive, if you don't mind. And I want to share some of a radio program I produced one year ago, I think uh, today or tomorrow, and share with you. Keep me in prayer and I'll see you at the break. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. So let me start by asking this question to my audience. How many of you really are in the Christmas spirit this year? Or are we still kind of like last year in the midst of the pandemic? Are many of you just like pressured and pushed to the max? In other words, it's hard to find the joy of the Christmas season because of all the nonsense going on in the world today. There's so many things competing for your heart, your mind, your soul, and your life. And it's hard to, to put in perspective the things that are important. Well, today in the program on this Thursday edition, by the way, I want to thank Jim Calhoun. He's been helping me out so much with the work that we're trying to get done. I will admit that this project I'm undertaking right now is is one of the bigger things that I've done in, in my life. And at my age, it's not quite as easy as it used to be. So any help that I get from time to time to keep this program going while trying to divide my time and other work has just been just been a huge blessing. So Jim Calhoun, thank you once again. I want to get back to what I'm thinking about. Here we are just a couple of days before Christmas. And and I'm looking back in my life. And, and by the way, in the second part of the program, we're going to share some Christmas memories. We'll look at some news stories in this first half that I think that are very vitally important and give you a little different perspective, both in um, our secular world and even in our Christian world today. But as I said, for many people, it's getting really hard to get into the Christmas spirit. We have been so beaten up by bad news, worrisome news, even, I'll just come out and say it's some propaganda out there as well, that it's hard to get into that spirit. When you run around with a face covering on all day, matter of fact, I thought it was kind of humorous that that this doctor that is often on CNN, one of the, you know, fear-mongering type doctors... That has always talked about, we must social distance, we must not go anywhere, we must stay home, we must be safe. Finally, out of her own mouth, admitted that these cloth face coverings, she's at least admitted this, are nothing but face decorations. (laughs) In other words, even a doctor on CNN admitted something we have said for a year on this program, over a year, that most Face coverings that people wear are worthless. They don't help you in either getting or not getting the virus, I should say, and they do nothing to to stop the spread. It is a fiction. It is a phony fairy tale we've been told by Fauci and company and everybody else that, hey, you put a mask on and you protect everybody. If that worked... Why would places like, oh, I don't know, New York City, where they're mandatory, have such a case problem? If the vaccines worked as advertised, why would there be such a a case problem 
I mean, if if the vaccines are going to make you bulletproof, in other words, COVID free, that's what we were told back in oh a year ago, like a year ago. I think this past Monday was when they first started rolling out uh, the the COVID-19 shots here in the United States. It's been one year. And more people died of COVID in 2021, so they tell us, than died in 2020 when the pandemic started. And doctor after doctor after doctor has reminded us of a couple of facts. Over time, viruses mutate, but they generally mutate downward. They become more infectious. In other words, you can get it easier, but your symptoms are extremely mild and in many cases non-existent. But to hear the government fearmongers and the talking robotic heads at MSNBC, CNN, ABC, CBS, all of them, all of the mainstream media, the Washington Compost, the New York Slimes, all of them. They want you to live in that abject fear. And everybody must be vaccinated. And like the governor of New York says, you know, God gave us the vaccine. Jesus wants you to take it. Really? Jesus touched lepers. I don't think he cares about a vaccine. There are a lot of things that are just not right And those are the kind of stories I want to get into right now. And then I'm going to move on to, like I say, some other stories. I'm going to just spend a little time in the first maybe 15 minutes, 10 or 15 minutes of the program, just kind of talking about the headlines of today. Now, I'll start out with something that happened earlier this week before President Biden headed off to his real home in in, uh, in Delaware. He had a press conference, and it went on for about maybe a half hour, and I just want to share just a few little highlights with you and some of my thoughts about what he had to say. But once again, you know, it is the everybody's going to die, get the vaccine, wear a face mask, or die, and be obedient, and and Merry Christmas to you, too. And so, so here is what, here's some of what President Biden had to say in his uh, Tuesday press conference. One thing you can and must do while we wait vaccines for children under five. Children don't need this vaccine. Get yourself fully vaccinated and boosted, as well as those around you, your children, your caregivers, your siblings. What is this obsession with vaccinating little children? It's critical to mask up in public indoor places. We know that our youngest children have only rarely been impacted by serious COVID cases, uh, COVID-19 cases. But they can be further protected if they're surrounded by vaccinated people. And these vaccines don't stop you from getting or spreading COVID. So, so what's the big push? Again, to folks who are not vaccinated, you might think you're putting only yourself at risk. But it's your choice. Your choice is not just a choice about you affects other people. Wrong. You're putting other people at risk. No, you're not. Your loved ones, your friends, neighbors, strangers you run into. And your choice can be the difference between life or death. Mr. President, if what you say is true, why are vaccinated people getting and spreading COVID-19 even more so than the unvaccinated? The longer the virus is around, the more likely variants form. 
It may be deadlier than the ones that have come before. Once again, another lie. Let me say again and again and again and again. What's your demand to get vaccinated? Please get vaccinated. It's the only responsible thing to do. Baloney. Those who are not vaccinated are causing hospitals to overrun, become overrun again. Well, the truth is, that's a lie. I just spoke to the governor of New York. And she's worse than Cuomo. The COVID-19 hospital means someone with a heart attack, cancer, or other serious illness may not get that bed and that life-saving care they need in the hospital. Another lie. Look, let me give it to you straight again. Mr. Biden, you have been a 50-year career liar. You can't speak straight. Omicron is serious, potentially deadly business for unvaccinated people. No, South Africa says it's a very mild version, that they're treating at home. Let me be clear. Thanks to the prior administration and our scientific community, America is one of the first countries to get the vaccine. The same vaccine you said you would never, never force anybody to take, and Kamala Harris said she would never take, and and Fauci said couldn't be done. Thanks to my administration and the hard work of Americans. Taking credit for something you never did, huh? We let a rollout and made America among the world leaders in getting shots in arms. No, you didn't. But uptake slowed this summer as vaccine resistance among some hardened. No, people discovering the real truth. The unvaccinated are responsible for their own choices. That's right. We're responsible for our choices. But those choices have been fueled by dangerous misinformation on cable TV and social media. Now, I want you to, to notice something and, and think on this for a moment. Anytime anybody voices a an opinion that is different than the White House opinion... That is different from the Dr. Fauci opinion, different from the CDC opinion, which, by the way, over the past year, they've been caught in a number of whoppers and lies. They really have. They, they've made claims that are false. They've had to backtrack and change. And even the FDA. Now, remember, they did. They pulled the biggest fraud I've ever seen done by that agency in their press conference back this past summer when they announced that Pfizer's vaccine was was approved by the FDA. And every mainstream television, radio, publishing outlet, internet outlet ran with that story. They just ran with it. Pfizer vaccine approved and everybody started believing it. That there was an approved vaccine that you could get It was a farce, it was false, it was fake, it was fraudulent. What they did was reprehensible beyond words. They pull off this press conference, and I remember watching this press conference. I logged in on the Zoom conference, and I'm watching this this press conference, and I downloaded as quick as I could find them all the backup material that were handed out to the press. And as I read the stuff, which, by the way, most today, most of today's reporters that come out of these journalism schools, they're jerks, they're idiots, they're incompetent. They don't know what they're doing. They just parrot what they're told. They push an ideology. They don't look for factual news. They only look for one thing. Does it fit the cause that I believe? Does it, does it proffer the agenda to which I agree And the truth, forget the truth. People no longer want the truth. 
Many would rather rather believe the lie. We've talked about that on the program a number of times. People choosing to believe a lie before they will believe the truth. The lie sounds nicer to them. The, the lie fits the agenda for them. So getting back to the fraudulent, as I've mentioned before, it was an absolute smoke and mirror. I mean, this is a bait and switch. You name it. They completely bamfoozled the American people and the media were, were accomplices in this masterful lie. What do they do? They talk about Pfizer's new named drug called Kermanity, or how do you want to pronounce it? And everybody ran to the bank saying that, hey, we got an approved vaccine. It's FDA tested. It's safe and effective, and it really works. Yeah, yeah, it does. Get, Get some today. Hurry and get in line before it's all gone. Be the first on your block with the FDA-approved Pfizer. And it really wasn't. It was a fraud. They lied to the American people with a smile on their face. And I remember when the press conference was coming to an end, they only took three very carefully selected questions. And then it was, oh, sorry, folks, we've got to run. Toodaloo, have a nice day from your FDA. Click. And the screen goes blank. Now, one of the listeners to this program got very suspect, like I did and a bunch of others. There's there's something doesn't smell right. It doesn't pass the smell test. It's like milk in the refrigerator that's maybe three weeks too old, and you kind of unscrew it, and it it knocks you over. It just hit us. Something is wrong. Because, see, they kept referring to a document of a letter that was written to Pfizer a few weeks earlier, but they didn't want to provide that document to you. I finally got a peek at it. I don't have it in front of me now, and I've misplaced it. It Maybe at our home in Georgia on the computer up there, which means I can't get it. But it was talking about the emergency use authorized version of Pfizer's, you know, Pfizer stuff and how they were extending the emergency use authorization. See, the new Pfizer concoction is actually from their European-German partner, BioNTech. You know, Bio, then the letter N, and Tech, BioNTech. And that's where this uh, Kermanity version comes from. And it's the one that is allegedly FDA approved, or supposedly that's what they're claiming in the documents. And somehow they were able to go through all those documents in just a matter of a few months and approve the drug and and say that it's safe and effective, even though there's a lot of trials missing. But they're saying this one is safe and effective. And when the press decides to ask the question, uh, can we see the uh, the documentation of how you approved this wonderful vaccine so quickly? They're saying it's going to take 76 years to, to release the documentation. They could review it in less than 90 days, but they can't they can't give it to the public for like over the next 76 years. You know that they are lying to you. You know they do not want you to know the truth. Because if they did, they could find a way to release these rather quickly. 
But once again, the lies and the smoke and mirror game continue. See, the approved Pfizer vaccine, you can't get it. It's not available. When you go into your local Walmart or Walgreens or any place you can choose to either get Moderna uh, or you can get the Pfizer, and I think you can still get the J&J, Johnson & Johnson, you're not getting the FDA approved. See, if you did, if you got the approved one, you would have a right to sue the manufacturer if something goes wrong. But as long as you willingly take and you're, you've been deceived enough to believe that Pfizer's approved and you just sign your name without reading the paperwork, you're still waiving any and all rights if something goes wrong. If you have blood clots, if you have a stroke, if you have any of these, you know, if you, listen, if these vaccines were advertised on television, you ever watch TV? I don't care if it's Fox News or doesn't matter who it is, uh, CNN or even Newsmax, when they, when they advertise a drug that'll cure this problem or actually control, they never cure you ever notice the new pharmaceutical model is we don't cure, we need customers. So you take this stuff forever. If your blood pressure is high, take this forever. If you have high cholesterol, take this forever, even though it may damage your, it may, may ruin your liver. But I digress. All these drugs you need to take for a lifetime, then they have to give you the warnings. And with the wonderful little pictures and the music being so happy, happy underneath, they rattle off a list of things that'll make you dead or cripple you or destroy you or give you a heart attack and then just die. But you still need to take Placebo X today to cure whatever it is that they're telling you you need to be cured for the rest of your life. So talk to your doctor. Now, if we had to advertise the side effects of these vaccines, you couldn't fit them in a 60-second commercial. There have been too many, including death. And then we have all of this nonsense about, you know, these variants are going to kill the unvaccinated. The unvaccinated, you know, they're the pushers of the pandemic. It's a pandemic of the unvaccinated, which is a bunch of baloney. Look in Europe, look in Israel, look everywhere where the vaccines have been rolled out and you have extremely high compliance. It is the vaccinated that are coming down with the variant. It is the vaccinated that are ending up in the hospital. Now, thankfully, with this variant... There's something that they discovered in South Africa where they first really noted it. Once again, as as we have learned in history, as we've learned over the decades, there's something you need to know. Viruses tend to naturally mutate, to work around the immune system. Inevitably, they become more contagious, but they also become milder. We're learning with the Omicron variant. Sounds really scary, doesn't it? Omicron, like Decepticon. 
Omicron. We're learning something about it. Most cases are very mild, extremely mild. I think they recorded, what, one death allegedly here in the United States, a guy in his 50s, but they did have to admit he had many other underlying health issues. Kind of reminds me of the first COVID death in a county I was working in. The guy had been and out of the hospital for years. Four-pack-a-day smoker, obese and an alcoholic, and of course, when he died, he died of the virus, of course. Of course, he died of the virus. That's what they wanted you to believe. So we, we, I sometimes am suspect about some of these people that supposedly die of the virus. Now, I know if you don't treat COVID, especially the stronger variants we've had in the past, if you don't properly treat, you can really do some damage to your health. And it seems that the Food and Death Administration, commonly known as the FDA and the CDC, they have this morbid desire to make sure you can't you can't find a cure. You must take the vaccine that doesn't cure it, that doesn't stop the spread, doesn't stop you from getting it. Uh, then I don't know what it does, except it 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 damages your immune system over time. The list of side effects of these vaccines is scary. And this obsession with so many dictators in this world, real, honest-to-goodness, satanic dictators to demand that you put this garbage in you in your body. And, and after they told you last December and in January that get your two and be done or your one and done, J and J, and then you'll be bulletproof, rip off your mask, and be free again. Freedom. And how fast they took it away. Get double vaccinated and take off your your face mask. You don't need it. Of course, we know the face mask was useless to begin with. And now even some on CNN are saying it. That a cloth face mask is just pure face decoration. She's actually right. I mean, for, for once, someone at CNN gets it right. And some of the paper ones are no better. I remember seeing a video. They try to they try to equate a bacteria with with a virus, and a bacteria is like a thousand times bigger. And yes, maybe a face mask designed for that purpose will help, but it's not doing anything in terms of the spread of a virus. Oxford University decided to do a big study on it. I think they were hoping to convince the world to to diaper put a diaper on your face forever. You, got, you actually have some health people that thinking that we ought to always wear face coverings for the rest of our lives when we're outdoors or shopping. For It's for our health, of course. There are retrobate minds out there that literally believe that we should wear a face mask for the rest of our lives anytime we're outdoors or meeting with other people outside of our immediate family. That's a scary thought. But that's how the reprobate mind thinks. That's how the Satanist thinks. To control you, to shame you, to, make, to keep you afraid and in fear. They give you the fear, then they give you the, the cure. And in this case, I believe the cure is going to end up being worse than the virus over time. You know, they try to imply we've had the Delta variant, this variant, the Omega variant, and, you know, half a dozen or so others. But in reality, I ran across this one little quiet news story. 
And it was a it was actually originally in the Lancet for quite a while before they had political pressure to pull it down from some really good doctors that explain this is ridiculous. And I'd heard this from another doctor as well that laughed when I talked about the 20 variants. He said there's been millions of variants. That's what they do naturally. That's what a virus does. It constantly mutates over time. Every once in a rare moon, you get one that's a little bit more, uh, has more, shall we say, symptoms. But that's highly rare. He said there have been millions of them out there over the past almost two years. It's what a virus does. A virus will do what a virus does. And I remember it's this guy named Alex Berenson. I read him quite a bit. He used to be a reporter at the New York Times till he started questioning the COVID narrative. Then he got fired, of course. And Twitter banned him. See, they banned him when he said that the, uh, just so you know, the vaccines do not stop the spread of COVID-19. You can be fully vaccinated and spread it to others. And for that criminal offense of denying the proper narrative. He was banished from Twitter for passing along, like Biden said at the end of that uh, little little diatribe of his. Can you imagine having to listen to the full 25 minutes of him going on and on about, get the vaccine, get the vaccine. And, and he pointed that out. And for that, it was called misinformation, false information, fake information. Thankfully, Alex Berenson is suing Twitter, and I hope that he wins. And I think that he might. There's some people that are concerned about that lawsuit. Because if he does win, it's a house of cards then for the entire social media, uh, shall we say, Nazis that are out there trying to control what you're allowed to think and say and believe. And I hope that they get the say the wind knocked out of him in this one because alex was right as he states in his lawsuit when i said it we already knew it it was scientific and i'm saying it today it's still true today as it was before okay that's enough about the virus for now we can get back to that maybe maybe next week or somewhere down the road i think we've heard enough we're two days out from Christmas, and I think that we need to, to kind of move on. Except for one little story. You know, in New York State, Governor Hoschel, she's going to be, a, she's a piece of work. She makes Andrew Cuomo actually look more desirable. And their legislatures are, they're thinking about doing the insanity of Australia. Maybe they need a COVID camp. Maybe if you're, if you got COVID, they need to put you in a camp. They need to isolate you. And then they need to have the right to force vaccinate you. That's what they're talking about in New York State. Now, as crazy as it sounds, you got some real crazy people, especially in the New York City area. Look no farther and look no farther than the mayor of New York City de blasio what a piece of work what a total reprobate what a danger to society what a mental basket case that man that man is is just despicable and it's from that mindset you have people thinking that they they need to have this right that if they think you've got the sniffles I mentioned the other day some you know infant school put some four-year-old in a in an outdoor shed because he had the sniffles. Oh my God, he may have COVID. He may kill us all. 
And what happened? He didn't have COVID at all, just had the sniffles. So it, it just shows the insanity that we have today. We can't even think rationally any longer. And so you got people in New York saying we need quarantine camps. We need concentration camps for COVID in New York State. Something tells me there are parts of upstate New York where that ain't going to happen. But we'll see. And hopefully there'll be enough pressure placed upon those that are even beginning to back this nutty legislation just to get rid of it. I mean, it, it, let it, it never make it through the, the, the next session. All right, moving right along. I think you'll find this story kind of fascinating. Since about Thanksgiving, most people, especially here in the United States, probably Canada and, and elsewhere, on the radio, there's all kinds of what they call holiday music or Christmas music, but mostly it's considered holiday music. The secular radio stations, they, they, they kind of avoid calling it Christmas for whatever reason. I guess they don't want to offend uh, non-Christians. Now, it was about, I think, maybe two, three weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago. My wife and I stopped at this little restaurant not far from where we live here in Florida. We needed to get something to eat. We were just trying to get a lot of errands done. And, and they had a radio station on. You could hear it inside the restaurant. And the radio station, I, I kind of recognized it. It was one of the stations owned by a company called iHeart. Used to be known as Clear Channel, but it's known as iHeart Radio. I think they got like over a thousand radio stations across the United States. And in the half hour we were listening, roughly maybe a little bit more in that restaurant, we never heard any kind of music really talking about the idea of Jesus Christ born in Bethlehem, the Savior. It was kind of obscured. Instead, we heard songs like Last Christmas by a group called Wham, Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You, and I've heard that one too many times. Andy Williams, It's the Most Wonderful Time of the Year, Silver Bells, Santa Claus is Coming to Town. Uh, and of course, the Bruce Springsteen rendition and Santa Baby by Madonna. As I said, secular radio and TV and podcasting and what have you, the music is always styled and called holiday music. They really want to avoid any mention of Jesus Christ, Bethlehem, or Christ's mission on this earth. And if it happens, it's kind of accidental. We don't make a big deal out of it. Um, I even find some of the music on many Christian radio stations and even some of the churches this time of the year a little bit questionable. Now, there's one song that it's found its way onto both secular and Christian radio stations that I find really disturbing. And, I, and maybe you didn't understand this until now, but listen carefully. The song is Leonard Cohen's Hallelujah. How many people have heard that one? Leonard Cohen's Hallelujah. Now, while the song sounds a bit religious, it is absolutely not a religious or Christian song. And I don't know why they, they're playing it on radio at Christmas time. It has nothing to do with Christmas. Uh, it's basically a secular song with some religious imagery splattered in. Now, now here are some of the lyrics from that particular song that should be very troubling to any Christian and even any church that has used this particular 
this particular song. I think this is like the third or fourth verse. Maybe there's a God above, but all I ever learned from love was how to shoot someone who outdrew you. It's no complaint you hear tonight. It's not some pilgrim who's seen the light. It's a cold and it's a lonely hallelujah. Now, what does that have to do with Christmas? What does that have to do with the Christian message? He gets a lot of airtime. Gets a lot of airtime. The song is really supposedly about, well, uh, a love that went wrong. And if you listen, if you read the whole thing, it's a song about lust and adultery. Yeah, it is. And I, I don't know how, but somehow that now is considered a holiday and Christmas song. Doesn't make any air, doesn't make any sense. Now there's another song that gets some airtime on Christian radio stations and even in a lot of churches. And every once in a while, you even hear it on a secular station. And it's Married, Did You Know? Now, it's a nice song. I have no particular problem with it, but it is a little bit theologically inaccurate. The truth is that Mary knew completely. We We find that in the first chapter of Luke. If you begin reading at verse 26. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto the city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin, espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And then he goes on to explain to her that fear not, you found favor with God. Behold, you'll conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son. His name shall be called Jesus. He shall be great. He shall be called the son of the highest. And the Lord shall give unto him the throne of his father, David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And for his kingdom, there shall be no end. So the bottom line is, Mary knew. She knew completely. So maybe it's a rhetorical question, but, you know, just, but, but that song kind of got altered the other day. There's a United Methodist pastor who sang a reworked rendition of the popular song, Mary Did You Know, to his congregation. His name is Dwayne Anders. Dwayne Anders. He's the senior pastor of the Cathedral of the Rockies, which is a multi-campus United Methodist church congregation in Boise, Idaho. And he, he sang his reworked rendition this past Sunday. And sounding more like too many of today's watered-down mainline churches, he was preaching a sermon about being a social justice warrior, which I consider a cult. This social justice warrior stuff in a church, it's a cult. That an evangelical or Bible-believing Christian needs to avoid. And so he's preaching this sermon on how Mary is, now ready for this, ultimately responsible for the salvation of the world because she brings forth Jesus. And what he was trying to equate was she's responsible for the salvation of the world, which he called liberation from oppression. Not the oppression of sin, but, you know, the social justice type. And he broke out into song, and this is what it sounded like. Mary, did you know that your lullaby 
would stir your own child's passion. Mary, did you know that your life inspires the work of liberation? Did you know that your jubilee is hope within the heart of all who dream of justice, who yearn for it to start? It is sad that we have such a ineffective, watered-down, no longer Bible-believing, Bible-holding church body. They pick and choose what they want to believe, especially out of the New Testament. Anything that refers to sin is eliminated because too many of these churches are busy celebrating your sin, not, not asking God to forgive your sin because of the merits of Jesus Christ, who, that's why he was born in Bethlehem, just so you know, he came into this world in a humble way to become the Lamb of God, to take away the sins of the world, not to come and celebrate your sin. Whenever Jesus healed somebody, he also threw in those words, go and sin no more. How many times did he urge people to walk away from their sin, to repent and sin no more? Quite a bit. See, today, instead of a savior, too many churches are selling this heresy of liberation theology. Now, in the church where I just played uh, this pastor singing this warped version of Mary, did you know? I noticed when I, I looked at the video and some other material, the pastor proudly displays his oneness with the gay pride movement. He has a rainbow-colored cord that holds his cross when he wears his vestment. His social media displays his preferred pronouns of he, him, and his. And he does this to show solidarity with with the transgender movement. This insanity of transgender is something pretty recent. And little children being told, you can choose to be a boy or girl if you're a girl or a boy, is insanity. And, and, and giving them puberty-blocking drugs, and, and it, it's insane. This is the kind of insanity. You think COVID-19 is crazy. Transgenderism is total satanically inspired insanity. And this pastor, like many of these other woke pastors of the day, They believe abortion is great health care that should be paid for by government, and they consider it a God-given right to kill the child in the womb. Gee, could Mary kill the child in her womb? (laughs) After what the angel said, I guess that's her right. According to this pastor, abortion is a a God-given right. And it's health care. All at the same time. And that same pastor also believes, because I've seen some of his postings, that the government has every right to force you, even at gunpoint, to be vaccinated with this experimental concoction. In other words, this pastor, Dwayne Anders, is a reprobate who preaches another gospel that is not the gospel. St. Paul made it clear, those that preach another gospel, it's an anathema. They're to be shunned. They are despicable. Leave them. Get out of those churches and do not touch the unclean thing. Listen, we got a break coming up here. 
running way late. On the other side, we're going to share a few Christmas memories and maybe start getting our minds away from all the bad news of the day. And I just want you to know that right now, what you're listening to is a program from one year ago. Today I got up and I just felt so tired and so worn out. And I realized in trying to take care of other things, I just was not going to be able to to produce a program for today from scratch. And I'm not even sure about tomorrow. But keep me in prayer. I just need some rest because of all that we've been dealing with, with my health. And I think it's all catching up. So please keep me in your prayers as we go forward and get closer to that day of Christmas. Now, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to finish the program from one year ago and just a few thoughts as well. If you believe in this ministry to keep us on the air, number one, pray for me. I could really use it right now uh, for strength. And also to keep us on the air, if you would consider making a check payable to Ancient Word Radio, the mailing address is Post Office Box 510. That's Post Office Box 510. The city is Chilhowie. C-H-I-L-H-O-W-I-E. Chilhowie, Virginia. And the zip code in Chilhowie, Virginia is 24319. That's 24319. This is Truth to Ponder. With Bob Beerman, your virgin birth. Shalom Aleichem. This is the nice Jewish boy, Jonathan Kahn, your Jewish connection, bringing you the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Now get your pen out as fast as you can so you don't miss out on receiving a special free gift you're going to get and love in a moment. The virgin birth. Now people have a hard time with it, as if God could create the stars and galaxies and universe, but it'd be way too hard for him to have a virgin give birth. The fact is, it's biblical and it's even Jewish. If there were nothing out of the ordinary about Messiah's birth, that would be more miraculous. But it's not as if that's the only example of a virgin birth. You see, it's not just that Messiah was born in Bethlehem of a virgin birth. Messiah is always born of a virgin birth. He never comes into the world in the usual way. He always comes miraculously and unexpectedly, and not by the usual order of things. Every time a person is born again, it's Messiah who's born in them. And Messiah is always born of a virgin birth, meaning there was nothing in that life that could have produced the new birth, a rotten life producing a beautiful person. That's the virgin birth. And so when you were born again, it was a miracle. It was unexpected. It was unwarranted. It was undeserved. It was supernatural. Your past could not have produced that change. Your circumstance could not have produced that thing. It didn't come from you. It came from God. It came through your circumstances and through your life, just as the virgin birth came through Mary, but it came from God, from above. It came the Holy Spirit came on your life. So how do you tell the world of the virgin birth? You show it to them. Let the world see the virgin birth in you. Let them see the new you doing things the old you could never have done. Let them see unwarranted compassion, unexpected goodness and victory, undeserved love and unexplainable joy. For Messiah is always born of a virgin birth, even in your life want more ask for the scandal of the virgin how'd you like to receive something so awesome it's been hidden for 2,000 years well you can the awesome unprecedented mystery of the temple doors you'll love it and sapphire is guaranteed to help you become a strong and victorious person in god how do you get all these free gifts easy just remember jesus's real hebrew name which is yeshua and dial it it's all you do and you'll be blessed just dial 1-800 yeshua one you'll be so blessed but call now 1-800 y-e-s-h-u-a-1 
Now I invite you to join me in bringing salvation back to God's ancient nation, Israel, and all the unreached peoples on five continents with over a billion people. Just call now, 1-800-YESHUA-1. That's Y-E-S-H-U-A-1. Or write me direct, the nice Jewish boy, at box 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, the zip 07644. It's the nice Jewish boy, box 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, the zip 07644. Well, till next time, this is Jonathan Kahn saying, Shalom Lechem, peace be to you, my friend, in Messiah Hapela, the miracle. I want to welcome you back to part two of our very special broadcast for this Thursday. As I mentioned, if you've been listening, I got up this morning and I'm just not feeling that great. Tired, worn out. There's a lot on my plate. And I just couldn't get a program started to feel good enough about giving it to you. And so I kind of reached back into the archive and I found a program from one year ago on this Thursday. And I want to share it with you now. Keep me in prayer. I know I'll do better. I just need some time and some rest. So let's go back one year ago to the Thursday before Christmas of 2021. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. Oh, beautiful star Bethlehem, shining far through shadows dim. Giving the life for those who long have gone Guiding the wise men on their way Unto the place where Jesus lay Oh, beautiful star Bethlehem, shine on And welcome back to part two of our Thursday edition of Truth to Ponder. And I'm your host, Bob Bierman. Can you believe that tomorrow is Christmas Eve and then in just a couple of days, it's Christmas Day? Where did all, where did the time go? I want to spend this segment talking more about Christmas memories. Hey, tomorrow is, tomorrow's Christmas Eve and, and Saturday, it's going to be Christmas Day. And enough of the news. I want to get away from it. I want to have some Christmas memories to share with you. And maybe this will make you think of a few of your own. Now, that song I was just playing to come back to the program. Beautiful Star of Bethlehem. Now, I'll admit, growing up as a young child, I had never heard that song that I can remember. I guess growing up on Long Island in New York, I was not used to shall we say, Southern Gospel-style quartet music. And that particular song was written way back when in 1938 by a guy by the name of R. Fisher Boyce. And, and he, was, uh, he wrote it while sitting in a Tennessee milk barn. Spent a lot of time on the farm and also sang in some quartets. And he wrote that song, The Beautiful Star of Bethlehem, while the family was living on a dairy farm. He couldn't concentrate in the house because of all the noise made by his children, so he walked across the road to the barn to find some solitude and peace so he could write that song, Beautiful Star of Bethlehem. Now, the first time I, I really remember hearing this particular song 
was probably in mm, Christmas season 1975. I had gone to work at a radio station in a small town in, in Tacoa, Georgia. And it was a culture shock. A guy that had spent his radio career primarily in the North and thought, remember, I'm the guy that was going to be the big time disc jockey working. I'm starting out at a little radio station in a small town in upstate New York, from there to a mid-sized town like a Binghamton, then off to a Rochester, and then maybe Cleveland, uh, maybe Chicago. Hey, I was going to, that was my goal. Funny how those plans get changed over time. And as much as I love the radio business, I never did achieve that kind of, quote, stardom. And it was probably just as well that it didn't work out that way. I found myself more content in the work that I actually did. Christmas 1975, I'm working at this little radio station, WLET, with the call letters to Coa, Georgia. An AM and FM, and the AM side played a lot of country and gospel music. And so that was the first time I'd ever heard that particular song, Oh Beautiful Star of Bethlehem Shine On. And it kind of grew on me. I'd gotten married just before that summer, just in that summer, to a local girl from Tacoa. And that was my first Christmas away from home, believe it or not. Prior to that time, all my life, I'd had Christmas pretty much at home or with my grandparents. Let's see, that particular Christmas, 1975, newlywed, living in another state, really not able to travel because I actually had to work on Christmas morning, which was typical for a radio announcer back at that time. We didn't get Christmas day off unless it happened to fall on your normal day off. And and I can remember as we got close to Christmas playing the Christmas music and a lot of this Southern gospel style Christmas music. And I really learned to like it. And, And I can remember... I can remember getting near Christmas Eve. I had to work. Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, that's just how it was back in those days. And and I remember putting up our first Christmas tree. And buying my first Christmas gifts for a spouse. And of course, like most men, I made a huge mistake. I, I bought an appliance. <laughs> and the men, you... If, if you're married, you know, you probably made that mistake, too, somewhere along the way for a birthday or Christmas. You bought her an appliance. Unless she really wanted one, you don't do that. Learned that very quickly in my first year of marriage. But I think back also to my childhood and what Christmas was like for me, especially from my elementary school years. I was... I was very blessed to be allowed and permitted to go to a parochial Christian school growing up that had an outstanding music program in the church to which the school was a part. Trinity Lutheran, a very conservative Missouri Synod church in Hicksville, Long Island, and with a wonderful organist and choir uh, choir master by the name of Chip Bohm and his wife, who, who assisted quite a bit, And I can remember those weeks, even as a really young child. I'm saying, you know, from the time that I was in first, second, third grade, fifth grade, before the voice cracked a little bit and started to change. 
We did a lot of rehearsals before Christmas for our services for Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. And we had multiple choirs and we had like five services on a Sunday and I think like three or four on Christmas and even Christmas Eve. Remember, that's back in the days when people would go to church. Nowadays, a lot of churches, you know, no, we're not going to come Christmas Day. No, nobody wants to go anymore. It's a family time kind of thing. In other words, we've, we've made it second or even in the churches. But I can remember many, many a Christmas Eve, after we would finish church on Christmas Eve at our church, I had been invited to be a part of a choir at another church in another part of Long Island, a really big cathedral-sized church. And one of my jobs was I was a boy soprano with a pretty powerful voice way back when in that time. Now, this may not be exactly the same rendition or the way we sang it, but it's pretty close. One of my most important things that I did was sing the descant, that high note, the high part on that beautiful, inspirational Christmas carol, Silent Night.
from long, cold Christmas Eve nights, going from church to church, and even later years, Christmas caroling for those that were shut in. Those are a part of my my best Christmas memories. The music of that time of the year is so much a part of who I am today. Today in this noisy world of confusion, this noisy world of fear, we need to find that peace of God which passes all human understanding that came to us in that child in the city of Bethlehem over 2,000 years ago. Because see, in Him is where you're going to find peace on this earth. You're not going to find peace at the ballot box. You're not going to find peace in government. You're not going to find peace in the hearts of many people. Only, only in Jesus Christ, our Lord. What kind of Christmas memories do you have? Mine are basically music, family, and Lionel trains. That's what stands out in my mind from my childhood. And do I miss those days? You bet I do. Especially in times like these, as that as that gospel song said in the 1940s, in times like these, we need a Savior. The world needs both the child of Bethlehem and the risen Savior, Jesus Christ, more today than I can remember in my lifetime. Now, what you've been listening to is a program from one year ago. As I told you at the beginning of the program today, I got up this morning kind of tired and worn out and realized that I was just not going to be able to produce a program for today. So I thought about it and realized the best I could do is to share with you a program from a year ago. And I hope that it is a blessing. Now, my plans are today is to get some rest and be able to give you a radio program for tomorrow. If you believe in this ministry, visit our website, truth2ponder.com, or you can even write a check made payable to Ancient Word Radio, mailing address, post office box 510, Chilhowee, Virginia, that's C-H-I-L-H-O-W-I-E, Chilhowee, Virginia, 24319. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website, truth, the number two, and the word ponder.com. That's truth, the number two, ponder.com. Truth to Ponder, shining the light of truth in a darkening world.